Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. I'm Steve Kenyon, episode number six. Thank you for joining us. We've got a lot to get to this afternoon. We're going to talk a lot about breakaway roping. You'll hear from uh, single steer roper and tie-down roping national finals rodeo qualifier Taylor Santos. All that and more coming up. We'll give you some highlights from the Labor Day weekend in just a couple of minutes. I want to start the show this afternoon by talking about a sad story, but at the same time, once again, an opportunity to see how much professional rodeo and the Western way of life is willing to give back. You probably have heard that bareback rider Trenton Montero seriously injured when a horse rolled over on him at the beginning of the month of August in Homedale, Idaho, has passed away. Trenton leaves behind a beautiful family, his wife Maria, his little boy Noah, just over a month old now, uh, will never really have the opportunity to know his dad. But I started by saying that we have seen opportunities again for Rodeo to give back. And I wanted to highlight a couple of stories that I, well, one story that I heard and one story I had a chance to watch firsthand. Talk to my friend, Rodeo announcer Corey Keith. He conducted the church services in Ellensburg, Washington on Sunday of Labor Day weekend, said that their donations that were collected, the collections at that particular church service, they gave to Trenton, over $4,000 collected. I told you the story about the Silver State Stampede challenging rodeo committees to donate $1,000 to the Monteros family. You can find more about that on the Silver State Stampede Facebook page. Red Bluff Roundup, I saw a story in the Red Bluff newspaper, gave $2,500. A lot of people have tried to step up and help. Trenton had multiple surgeries, and I know the medical bills are going to be large. But I told you I wanted to mention something that I had a chance to witness. Walla Walla, Washington. Sunday night of Labor Day weekend, the Walla Walla Fair and Frontier Days Rodeo. We took advantage of the opportunity. I announced the rodeo in Walla Walla along with my friend Al Parsons. We took advantage of the opportunity to tell people Trenton's story. Each night after the bareback rider was over, presented a slideshow and showed the address of the Montero family. If anybody would like to make a donation and help out uh, with their family's medical bills at this very difficult point in their lives. And On Sunday night, something interesting happened. The Pendleton Roundup announced that they were going to make a large donation to Trenton and his family. And there are a lot of box seats, a lot of VIP seats. They just remodeled that arena in Walla Walla recently. One of the VIP box seat holders representing a business called Concrete Industries came over to the announcer stand and told me he was challenging all the other box seat holders to $1,000 to Trenton Montero's family. Well, that 1000 turned into 2 turned into 3 turned into 5 by the time the night was over. I haven't, I haven't heard the final number, but it was well over $20,000 just raised impromptu by a group of people who, quite frankly, had never had the pleasure of knowing Trenton, but were still willing to give back to him. The world of Western sports is one where we so often think of the rough-and-tumble individual image of the cowboy and the cowgirl making do with what they can and What we don't always hear is how helpful and how supportive people in the Western way of life are of each other. And so to the folks in Walla Walla and the folks in Ellensburg and the folks all over the country that I haven't heard about who have stepped up and decided to help, I just want to say thank you. Um, It has been an awful time for Maria and Noah, but uh, somehow or another, they'll get through it and the help that they are receiving will make their lives a little bit easier. And so... I just wanted to tell you the story of what happened in Walla Walla on Sunday night of Labor Day weekend. What a great opportunity it was to just witness so many people willing to give and to help. Today's show, we're going to talk a lot about breakaway roping. 
because breakaway ropers are making a lot of headlines right now. Haley Williams will join us later on. She is, of course, the daughter of the legendary team roper Speed Williams. She's number one in the WPRA's world standings. As we are recording this show on the Wednesday after Labor Day, Haley Williams is $300 away, $130,004 for the year of breaking the record of $130,304 that was set last year by Martha Angeloni. Martha, all the way through the national finals of breakaway, Haley should break that record before the end of the month and go into this year's national finals having broken that record. She's not the only breakaway roper who's got a chance to break last year's record. Shelby Bojali is right behind her, just a couple of hundred bucks, literally, right behind Haley Williams. So we'll get to Haley a little bit later on. We'll also talk to Taylor Santos. Taylor had a big weekend over the weekend. He won the single steer roping both in Ellensburg and in Walla Walla. Taylor's an interesting story because of his family background and connections. His mom, Kendra Santos, one of the best journalists covering professional rodeo, he picked up the, the steer roping, an event that he's become very good at, when he won the Timed Event Championship back in 2020. We'll talk about that coming up later on. Kelsey Domer is on a hot streak. I told you she won Ellensburg over the weekend. She won Walla Walla over the weekend. Breakaway Roper 2021 National Finals Breakaway Roping Qualifier and one of the most well-respected breakaway ropers in the country. She moved all the way up into the top 10 in the WPRA's world standings with her two big wins over the weekend. Then she started off the next week with a two-second flat time at the Lewiston Roundup in Lewiston, Idaho. I asked Kelsey Domer how it feels to be on a hot streak. What's going on? Yes, sir. Uh, it's a good time to be on a hot streak, huh? Yeah, no kidding. Um, what what clicked? Is it is there anything you can identify? Have you did you consciously change anything? Did you practice a whole lot? Did you you know what what clicked? Um, honestly, after Coeur d'Alene, after I up there, I got to go to a friend's house and score and and really just chase some rope and steers, you know, yeah, I threw at them, but I wasn't necessarily necessarily working on my neck shot, <laughs> roping, roping around some horns, but just kind of got the, the timing back with my horse. And I think that's been um, a huge help, but man, he's been scoring really good for me. Um, I've got really good goes. And so that's, that's my biggest deal right now, especially with as, with as fast as we have to be. Yeah. Tell me about your horse, Kelsey. Uh, he's 17 years old this year. And, Still the fastest one I've ever been on. He's very quick-footed. He's going to cover, you know, a lot of ground very fast. And so it's it's amazing what he can do and how fast he can get across the line and allow me to take a shot. I know that you – this is going to be a dumb question, and I'm asking because I don't know the answer. Um, I know that you've had a lot of great opportunities. You've won um, $50,000 checks in the WCRA, things like that. Has this horse been a constant for you for a while at those big events? Is, tell me, how long have you had this yeah, one? I've had him for four years. And so, yeah, the past couple of years, you know, past, I've been at the American on him a couple of times. Um, you know, the, the WCRAs, both, both big wins for the WCRA, he's been there. But before that, I had my roan horse, um, you know, and, and one, one big checks on him as well, too. So it's, I've been pretty blessed with a couple of good horses in the last few years. And, um, you know, I can't, I'm, I'm glad to have those. And I know they've, they've been a huge, huge success for me. Yeah. Um, what, what are the calves like this time of year? Does it make any difference seasonally? You know, are the guy, are the, are they calves that you guys have seen a lot or what are the calves like uh, this time of year? Yeah, 
they are so like today in Lewiston, they said um, a lot of them came from Baker. And so honestly, today they were, they were pretty slow as a whole today at Lewiston. You know, I thought Ellensburg was a good set of calves, but even in the purse, you know, those calves kind of changed a little bit from what they did in, in the slack. And that's kind of what we see toward the end of the year. Um, those calves have got a few runs under their belt. And so they, they might change a little bit each run. And so it's just, it goes back to, you know, hopefully you, you draw good and you use that good draw, but yeah. really it's, I mean, you never know what you're going to get. So if I may be a little bit nosy, let me ask you about your life over the last couple of years. You become a new mom. Uh, you qualified for the for the national finals breakaway a couple of years ago. You've got a great chance of going back this year, but now you are traveling, I'm assuming, with a family. And how much different is all of that for you now that you, you've, you're a mom, now that you've got a, a baby to take care of? It, it's very different, but I love it. Um, you know, of course, it it's changed the way I've entered this year. <clears throat> um, you know, two years ago when I was rodeoing, you know, maybe we jumped on a few planes and, and went to a lot more rodeos. And this year, I've kind of picked and choo- chose to exactly where I want to go. That way, I knew I could do it um, in the truck and with her and not put anybody in a bind. But yeah. I've had... I mean, a lot of help. My mom, my husband, my aunt, everybody's kind of, um, you know, pitched in to help me out this summer. And so I've been very thankful for that. But uh, it's, I mean, it's awesome how, and no matter if you do good or bad, when you get back to her, she's going to be smiling like you just won the rodeo. So it's hard to, hard to stay upset for very long. Breakaway roper Kelsey Domer. She is on a hot streak, and watch out because she is talented. Uh, she gets on a hot streak. It's fun to hear her talk about roping now with her family, with her new baby, her new daughter, and uh, all the things that have changed in her life over the last year or so. Uh, let's talk about uh, breakaway roping on the other side of this timeout. Haley Williams will join us later on. We'll talk to Taylor Santos. And at the conclusion of the show today, Steve's Top 3 will highlight some of the stories that have caught my eye around the world of Western sports and the Western way of life. All that is coming up. Thank you for joining us. This is the Steve Kenyon Podcast. We'll be right back. Breakaway Roper, World Standings Leader, Haley Williams. G'day. My name's Guy McLean, Australian horseman, international entertainer, and big believer in preferred equine equipment. They consider the safety of you and your horse in every piece of equipment they build. Whether it's fencing, round pens, feeders or stalls, Prefit offers quality equipment you can rely on. For more information on all of the great Prefit equine products, visit them on the web at prefit.com. New styles join our time-tested Justin Bent Rail collection. Like the rugged men and women who wear them, these boots stand for quality, integrity, tradition, and hard work. Straight from our legendary El Paso factory, our expert bootmakers build these boots with features that would make even the earliest cowboys proud. Outfit yourself today with a Bent Rail Collection by Justin.
Thank you for joining us on the Steve Kenyon Podcast. I am Steve Kenyon. This is our opportunity to share some things that uh, jump out and grab me as big stories, interesting uh, little chunks of the news in the world of professional rodeo and beyond. I'm looking forward to the end of this month. I will be announcing a couple of professional bull riders events in Fairfax, Virginia, and Rio Dosa Downs, New Mexico, the last two weekends of September. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll talk more about that as uh, the month of September goes along. But let's get into a little bit more of the story of the breakaway roping. You just heard from Kelsey Domer, who is a very talented cowgirl, top 10 in the WPRA. Number one right now is Haley Williams, who is, of course, the daughter of the eight-time world champion team roper and Hall of Famer Speed Williams, and is within $300, almost to the penny, right now of breaking the record that Martha Angeloni set last year. In 2022, at the conclusion of the national finals of breakaway roping, Martha Angeloni walked away with a world title and a record $130,304. Well, right now, if you look at the world standings, Haley Williams is in the number one spot. I say almost exactly $300 behind. She's won $130,004 with a month left to go in the regular season. Shelby Beaujolais right behind her. Less than $2,000 back at $128,000. Sarah Angeloni third and the reigning world champion Martha Angeloni fourth. All of them over $100,000 for the year. It's an indication of how much breakaway roping has grown. I had a chance to talk to Haley Williams about her breakout 2023 pro rodeo season during the rodeo in Walla Walla, Washington. Here's more with Haley Williams. Oh, yes, sir. It's kind of exciting. You know, we're starting to get at it, and we're having equal added money at majority of the rodeo. So I don't see the sport doing anything but growing and continuing to just blossom. We have a ton of girls coming up behind this generation, and it's crazy getting to see. And the youth rodeos now are amazing to watch. So, yeah. you're 19 years old, so you got to experience some of that, right? Yes, I did. Um, what was that like as a kid when you're when you're 16, 17, and you're seeing all these rodeos? Cheyenne's adding breakaway roping. Ellensburg's adding breakaway. You know, all these rodeos are adding breakaway. What was going through your mind when you were still not old enough to have a WPRA card? but old enough to look at the future and say, you know, there's some good stuff down the road for me. I wish I could say, oh, man, I had it lined out. I was team roping. And still at that point, they were adding it in, and I was team roping, and then they ended, ended up bumping me to a six-header, <laughs> and it kind of made things a little more difficult. And uh, So I went ahead, and I kept doing that for two years, and I kind of, like, played around with the breakaway and everything, and then um, I got this amazing little five-year-old, and he just kind of made it super easy for me, and... He's kind of been the little freak that made it. It's just easy, and when he's feeling good, it's it's fun. What a shock. Speed Williams' daughter was team roping. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's pretty much all I did growing up, and that's why I, like, I tie my rope on different. I have different deals. But when you grow up team roping, you don't grow up using a calf rope. It's really hard to transition, so we've kind of had to alter my ropes and make a different brand. And So it's just interesting. You know, you get to bring in the team roping aspect of what I used to do and bring it into breakaway, and I think there's going to be some really cool girls bringing some different aspects the next couple of years. Talk about growing up. Your, your, your dad, we've done some interviews with your dad where he's talked about the relationship with his family and, and teaching and getting you guys to, to become great ropers. Talk about that. He, you know, he quit early to just make become sure he was, a dad. yeah, to become yeah. a dad and essentially just started training people and it made it where we never really realized my dad had a job until he grew up because he was always there. We just yeah. had different people at the house all the time. 
And so, I mean, his job created us to have the social aspect. We can talk to people. We can entertain, you know, the stuff that you don't get to do if you're doing school and then having a rodeo. Um, but he also, I mean, he was there at all of our junior rodeos. I will say he was like, I'll do the first couple of years and then it's all your, your own. Like, you get to learn how to right. look at the draw, choose your start, like that. But he definitely, the mental aspect and being able to prepare and know what the rodeo setups are going to be like the next couple of weeks, he makes it easy to. You and he both hit. Yes, well, he he's a he's a, he's a healer at heart. Is he? Yes, I mean he made his first NFR healing and that's right. I forgot this, about that. Yeah, yeah, to this day, you put him on the heel side and he goes like young at heart again, and he is having a blast. But heading is definitely his. You know, he's disciplined and he knows he's changed the game in the heading. But healing is where it's at for him. Um, you, you guys both. How often do you get to rope with? Depends. Not lately. I've been gone majority of the summer, and then I I ended up turning out um, of a couple of rodeos right before Dodge. I was having a little tough luck, so right. I turned out and went home and practiced. And he kind of rearranged his schedule so he could have been there the whole time and helped me regroup, and it made it really easy. So let's talk about the most under discussed member of your family, your mother. Yes. Who also is your traveling partner? Tell yes. me about her and and that relationship and what it's like to travel with her. Oh, I, I don't know honestly if I would. Probably after the beginning of this year, we'd have had to figure out something different if, if she wasn't with me. Um, she's definitely the rock that we all, you know, we don't give enough credit to. She's the one that will be, hey, like, you have a tough time, she'll listen. But she's also like, all right, you got to change it. Like, you're doing this for a living. This is what you want to do. And she is, she's amazing. We're truly blessed with her. I don't know how we got her. Yeah, well, um, your dad made a really good choice somewhere in life, I guess. Huh? <laughs> I'm glad you chose dad. <laughs> So let's talk about your season. You started, did you start slow or fast? I, so last year I kind of dipped my foot in the rodeo scene. I kind of shocked us all when I entered Greeley. It was kind of the first like olive branch because I turned 18 in December. Right. And so I didn't get my card until after Christmas. And so I kind of just didn't, I didn't enter rodeo until March or I think it was April. And so I kind of just made sure I got in the buildings. And then this year I was like, this is my chance to get the gold buckle. Like my horse is feeling great. And I just wanted to go hard in the next couple of years and then take, see where life takes me after that. But I've got the horses right now and it's kind of hard not to when this is where God's leading right. me. You, you were really good in the building rodeos all the way through the week. You came out of the, uh, the, that Texas run with a pretty good size lead in the world standings. And then it started to shrink. Yeah. What happened? Uh, mental challenges. My horse started, uh, red light got a little sore halfway through the year. Like we went to Greeley and I think he slipped. Uh, and so trying to battle that and not really knowing he's never been sore before. And so trying to play that, you know, when you're not used to him being sore, you don't really know where to fix it. Yeah. Um, and between that, I mean, as bad as I like to say it, you can't really prepare for the pressure that comes with leading the world with such a big lead. And that's something that, I, I kind of think I thought about too much and was trying just to maintain it instead of just going out here and having fun at every rodeo and roping. And uh, so I had to go back, like, this is fun. If it's not fun anymore, why, why are do you it? doing it? Yeah. And so we, I went home and it, it took me five weeks to realize what was going on, but I didn't pull a check for five weeks and my dad flew out and I was like, all right, let's go home. Like I turned out of two rodeos, I practiced with him and then we went to Dodge and kind of just reset. Um, but definitely I think I think I got ahead of myself and you know you don't realize it and I thought I was going to be okay because I dealt with my dad does a lot of mental preparation and 
knowing how to handle pressure, and that's something you can't prepare for because it's like you've got that. You can see it at the right. end of the line, and it's right there, and you just can't get it yet. And Speedroping.com, a lot of that was send in your video, let speed look at it, and see what you're yeah. doing wrong. You got a you got a little bit of a taste of that. Oh, definitely. Or a oh lot my of a gosh, taste of that. I did five <laughs> weeks. He's like, "What are we doing?" You know, and he flew out. And we tried to fix some things, but it's weird habits you get out here. You know, you don't get to practice, and that's something when we're home and during the winter rodeos, I would rope on my set, and then we'd come home, and I'd regroup, and then I'd go to the short round right. or wherever it was. And out here, you don't. You have to run a calf and drive eight to fifteen hours, and go run another calf. And for five weeks, I did not make a good run that placed. And that's that's just alone that's mentally challenging. And then having the pressure on top of it is something that I'm glad it happened, honestly, because it made me stronger and it's going to make me a better competitor. But it really was not fun in the moment. Um, I think, was it Dodge City? Shelby won Dodge City. Yep. Jumped ahead of you to the number one spot in the world standings. Right now, you two are separated by just a little tiny bit of money. Uh, both of you are knocking on the door, breaking that record that Martha set last year. Uh, this is going to be a very competitive rest of the year. Oh, yes. Shelby was on fire. You know, we joke about it. Uh, I had the great winter, and she's had the amazing summer. Yeah. So it was kinda, it's kind of awesome seeing how far breakaways come. I don't think if you'd have told the first set of girls that made the NFR that we'd be at 128,000, we still got a month to go. Yeah. Like, that's pretty awesome. You know, our numbers are starting to somewhat match the guys, and that's something that's really exciting for the future. So, a couple final questions. Um, you're 19, and you told me you're riding a five-year-old. So, I bought a five-year-old. He's bought seven. A five-year-old. He's yeah. seven now. He's seven okay. now. Still a young horse. He's still young, and he shows it every now and then. So, if you see him sweater down in a rodeo, it's probably why he's starting to feel good again. And But, you know, you got to make sure your athletes are feeling good out here. This is what makes right. you money. And uh, I've been changing some things up, trying to figure out what makes him feel good. And just learning you know it's just like season he's still got another three years before he's ever solid so sure. we're just we're pumping him full of <laughs> self confidence full of confidence <laughs> i hope and hopefully it don't bite me in the butt for too long so you you talked a lot about kind of the ups and downs and so maybe this is something that you've already answered but what have over the last year of being on the road being away from home um you 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 talked about it the untold story of the rodeo business is you know, we see you for four seconds in the arena, or maybe two if you have a really good night, um, and then you go get in the rig and you drive 10 hours to the next rodeo. Um, it's kind of a blessing right now. Ellensburg to Walla Walla is only a two-and-a-half-hour trip. But what have you learned about entering, about um, where to get up, where to go? What There have got to be some lessons you're going to take away from all this. I definitely think if you can make the slack run work, I would I try to shoot for slacks honestly not very often will you see me in your purse anymore unless it's progressive rounds um, just because for me if you can make the slack you can dang sure have a steady schedule and be able to plan your breaks better yeah. if you have to get a perf you're having to try to get trades and then I don't like having to call girls and be like hey is there any way I can get that spot because I need it more than you and I don't feel like you know what I mean that's really yeah. a difficult ask I get we're all out here rodeo and then I'm really bad about if I don't get it, I'll just turn it out, and that's not really fun. So I try to hit slacks, and if you, if your horse needs a seasoning, then we need to try to do either UPRAs or something else to change, you know, season that way. And then when you get in the rodeo world, play it smart, you yeah. know, because less is more sometimes. If your horse can handle traveling, then travel. 
but if your horse does better at slow setups, be able to leave him with a friend for a day and go do another rodeo on a backup horse is something I've learned that's yeah. really helpful. And also having a good support system. If yeah. you, if you, I feel like if you end up wasting time on trying to have fun or do stuff, and I, you have to have fun out here, but it also it's a job. And yeah. so I feel like there's a fine line you have to walk on is a job and you got to make it fun at the same time. Yeah, that makes sense. Everything you just said makes so much sense. Coming from a 19-year-old, I, 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 I just, it's very impressive to hear Haley, Thank to you, be completely honest. Um, are there are there any 16-, 17-year-old Haley Williamses that you know of right now that are just getting ready to buy that card? We have some amazing girls. I honestly can't say anyone specific just because I think there's going to be some sleepers in there that I haven't been able to watch. Um, there's some, like... There's some 12 and 13 year olds that I'm like, I'm yeah. glad I'm gonna be almost done by the time they're 18. <laughs> I'll be the old veteran by then. Yeah. But no, I think it's crazy. I mean, you you watch these 12, 12 and unders, the 15 under breakaways. It's it's two flats to win the short round now, yeah. and six six on three. That is awesome. Like our numbers are getting amazing, and our it just continues to grow. Last question for you. Um, is there a limit? I don't know the answer to this question. Is there a limit on the number of rodeos? Or is there a minimum number of rodeos you go to, a maximum number of rodeos you have to go to? So or our, that, you, that, that you have to use? That And how many have you got left, I guess? what What's left on your schedule in the next month? So for us, our rule book actually just changed. We don't typically, we actually don't have a rule book, but our ground rules just changed. Um, it's 100 rodeo count next year. Okay. But we don't have a minimum of what we have to go to yet. I assume that'll come in the next couple of years, but typically breakaway ropers, we have already anywhere from 35 to 50 rodeos before the summer starts. So that's gonna be something to play by ear for the next couple of years, see where we end up changing things. Um, but yeah, so we just have, I'm at, I'm at 82 rodeos, I think so oh. far. And then from here we go, I have a day off in Evingston, Wyoming. And then White Sulphur Springs, Montana, wow. the next morning, and then Livingston, Idaho. And I have a day off, and then Colfax, Washington, and Puyallup, and then I head home for Abilene and some circuit rodeos, and then hopefully back out here for Sioux Falls. Got it. Well, um, I've got a funny feeling Sioux Falls is not going to be a big problem. Um, that that that's going to be a game changer for so many people. That's going to. It is. It's that that. I, I don't know that we understand fully what the impact of Sioux Falls is going to be this year on people trying to make it into the National Finals Rodeo because there's so much money there. Sioux Falls is going to be the one that either helps the youngsters on the bottom that aren't making the an FR and they're going to have a chance for a world title, or it's going to make it where one person's run away and none of yeah. us have a chance at a world title. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And, Hopefully we all have a good week, and it, it makes it really interesting in NFR this year. Haley, it's a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to visit with you. Yes. Thank you for your time. Good luck Thank tonight here in Walla Walla. Thank you. Breakaway Roper Haley Williams, number one in the WPRA's World Standings. That's Breakaway Roper Haley Williams. Thank you for her time. Uh, what a what a fun young lady to talk to, and what an impressive rodeo season she has put together. In 2018, there were 30 rodeos that offered breakaway roping in the PRCA and the WPRA. And I don't know the exact number this year, but it's at or over 400. Uh, that's how much the sport has grown. Those records that we talk about, they're going to get broken every year just as the simple number of opportunities to win money expand. Uh, but what a what a pleasant conversation with Haley Williams. We thank her uh, for joining us during the Walla Walla Fair and Frontier Days Rodeo in Walla Walla, Washington. Time to take a timeout. Uh, where are you staying when you go to Las Vegas for the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo? Might I recommend 
weekend, the Grand View at Las Vegas. You can go to dailymanagementresorts.com, find out all about the Grand View. We've stayed there for more than a decade during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Clean, comfortable rooms. They are big. You're off the beaten path, but you're close enough to have a great time. You're literally a one-minute walk from the South Point Hotel and Casino where so many things happen during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Check out the Grand View. Go to dailymanagementresorts.com. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, big weekend over Labor Day for Taylor Santos in the single steer roping. Winning Ellensburg, winning Walla Walla. He's headed to his third National Finals of steer roping, and we will get to that on the other side of this timeout. Good chance to visit with Taylor about his history, his family, and more. That's coming up. You're listening to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Unbeatable Feeds is an American-made product supplied by American farmers who grow sugar beets throughout the upper Midwest. We're firm believers that performing at your best starts with top-notch nutrition and a feed company you can trust. Unbeatable Feeds, endorsed by PRCA World Champions like Caleb Driggers and Haven Medjit. Unbeatable Feeds offers a valuable feed resource for all types of horses. Get all the details, learn about our products, and find a dealer near you at unbeatablefeeds.com. Steve Canyon Podcast, sponsored by Wrangler, Long Live Cowboys, and a big thank you to Resist All. We live it every day. Coming up, Steve's top three. I'll tell you about some stories that caught my eye in the world of Western sports over the last few days. Uh, that's on the way in a few minutes from now. Taylor Santos, National Finals Rodeo tie-down roping qualifier twice, and now headed back to the single steer roping finals, it looks like, especially after a big weekend over Labor Day. He won the rodeo in Ellensburg, won the rodeo in Walla Walla, and uh, in the process, another $7,000 in his earnings total. Taylor's timing is really interesting. You might remember 2020, literally a week before the world shut down with the coronavirus pandemic. Taylor Santos won $100,000 at the timed event championships at the Lazy E Arena in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And that event includes the single steer roping. In fact, it is the last event in each performance and has made and broken a lot of contestants' dreams at the timed event through the years. Well, that's kind of what propelled Taylor Santos to becoming a single steer roper. I caught up with Taylor during the Walla Walla Fair and Frontier Days in Walla Walla, Washington. Taylor Santos has had a real good weekend standing here. Just won Ellensburg and now won Walla Walla. Big deal for you this weekend. Yes, sir. Yeah, great great week of steer roping for me. Um, tell me about ellensburg um and have you had luck up there before uh i hadn't done much good in the steer roping before there i'd made the short round in the calf roping a couple times um i'd actually from the slack at walla walla had to charter a plane to get over there before to the, mm. to the steer roping but never had much luck and i don't know there's about 30 mile an hour winds and i guess it just kind of worked out and Walla Walla here this morning, you were consistent. You didn't win a round, placed in two out of three, 39 and three on three. It's about $3,500, so this is a $6,000, $7,000 weekend for you. Absolutely, yeah, it's it's nice this time of the year. I think I was probably close to having the steer open finals made, but uh, to come up here to the Northwest, this is my favorite time of year up here. Great rodeos, awesome weather, um, and to kind of get that solidified and get to go back for my third trip to Mulvane, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And probably punch your ticket to the Columbia River Circuit Finals too. Absolutely, yes sir. Yeah, we don't have steer open in California and that's my, my native homeland and my circuit. So you can claim any bordering circuit. So either Turquoise or here, and I've always been a fan of the Columbia River, so. 
Um, so let me ask you, you and I were talking before we started. You won the timed event championship in 2020, and I always kind of, not tease with you, but I love to tell the story about you winning $100,000 at the timed event literally like a week before the world shut down with COVID. But that was literal, That was really when you started competing in the single steer rope. It was, absolutely. Um, people give me heck all the time being from California and now, now tripping steers. But I did. I tripped my first. I, they told me in, in December at my first finals in 19, uh, they invited me to the timed event. And so whenever we got home, my brother had a calf horse, and I took him up there to Trevor's, and in January of 2020, tripped my first years. Um, and then it just kind of escalated. I, I liked it, and I mean, of course, getting to learn from Trevor, uh, it was pretty addicting, just so many variables in the event, and just the knowledge that he spilled. I mean, I was just trying to mop it all up, and uh, yeah, that's an awesome event, and it, it started the, the trek. Um Going to Trevor Brazil's house, letting him work with your horses, letting him teach you how to tie, how to how to how to trip steers, all of that. How much of that work ethic did you just? I mean, whether you were talking about tie down roping, steer roping, team roping, whatever. How much of that work ethic rubbed off on you? It's unbelievable uh, to even think about him doing three events and being so successful at it. Right. Just me trying to do two events, and one thing that he said because I did I took a calf horse up there whenever whenever I went to trip. And I was roping calves, and and he said, you had not been flanking the tying lately, have you? I said, no, I've really been trying to study the steer roping. And he said, well, you better get back to flanking the tying because unless you treat it like a job, you're going to have to get a job. And that was, it stuck right there. Yeah, uh, That's the work ethic that made him a $7 million winner in all of the, the things that he's gotten done. Tell me about the horse you're riding now. It came from Bryce Davis, uh, who is, who's from a great family of steer ropers. Talk about this horse. Absolutely. He's just been part of God's plan. Uh, I probably had four or 5,001 in 21. Um, I'd kind of gone off and tried to learn how to steer trip in, in 2020. And then uh, that was at, in May at Guyman. And it wasn't really looking like I was going to have a chance uh, that year. And I texted him leaving Guyman and asked him if he'd sell any of his horses. And so he ended up pricing that one. Surprise, surprise. Bryce Davis had a bunch of good ones in his house. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah him and Jim, they've had plenty. Um, so, yeah, he ended up pricing that one. And uh, I actually tried him at a WCRA event in Corpus Christi and won like 3500 And so it was, it was time to write the check. Um, well, and now here you are, headed back to Mulvane, Kansas, for your third steer roping finals. You're you're like 28th in the tie down roping. I don't know that you can get into the top 15 with a month to go. How are you approaching that? Uh, I'm not going to approach it too too aggressively. Um, the last few weeks, just things haven't really worked out great, and uh, I started you know getting my credits back on a few flights. Not going to do anything too crazy. I'm going to actually go to Lewiston on Tuesday and then drive back to Texas and uh, kind of start getting getting things lined up for next year. And I'll fly back up here for Pendleton, of course. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it just things things didn't work out great in the calf roping. Uh, I was kind of juggling horses, bought a new horse. It worked out for a little while but didn't last. And uh, my right hip's kind of been getting tight, been locking up a little bit. So I'm going to regroup and, and try to get ready for 24. Okay, so for a non, for non tie down ropers, you say your right hip's getting tight. If you watch somebody flank and tie a calf, if what I'm about to say turns out to be the stupid question in the interview, tell me. But you, when you go to push legs together, you're squeezing with that right knee. How much does that impact what you do in the calf roping? Yeah, it's not it's not necessarily whenever I flank them, but after I string the calves, 
you know, ever since I had back surgery in 15, I've had trouble sitting down um, on their hip and trying to keep them from kicking. And so, you know, I think I, I saw it a lot in the, at the finals in 21, I got kicked a lot. And so I really went to working on my flexibility and trying to get everything loosened up where I could put a little pressure on their hip. Um, and then in doing that, it just seems like, you know, if I don't get it stretched out right, whenever I'm trying to cross the calves and rotate my hips to be able to, to be able to tie good, um, every once in a while it'll kind of lock up and then I'll hear it pop. And, and so that's been tough. It's, you know, I'm, I turned 29 last week and, and the steering. You're getting old, Taylor. I know. <laughs> I try not to think I'm getting old yet, but I'm looking, the steer open is going to be a, right. a future, um, for that. And I've. 2016 doesn't seem like a long time ago, but I've been to a lot of rodeos since 2016 and, and had to drive cross country to make the finals. And, and so, I don't know, just different seasons of life. I'm, I'm looking forward to the steer open and going to 35 rodeos a year. And I'm, I like it. So. You're saying there's no more trips from California to Maine so you can make the NFR? I, I don't know. I, that one was pretty fun. I might do that again. <laughs> Let me ask you two final questions. Number one, I want to ask you about the camaraderie of the steer ropers. It strikes me that those guys are all just as willing to help as they can be, um, really welcoming to people who want to get into their event and give it a try. Am I right in saying that? Absolutely. Uh, we grew up steer wrestling in junior high and high school and college, and even at the circuit level a little bit. And it seemed like whenever you were steer wrestling, you didn't have to ask somebody to push your right. steer. Like you rode in the box and somebody was hazing and somebody was pushing and it's like that in the steer open. And so, I mean, everybody wants to always say the camaraderie is the best in the, in the steer wrestling, but I think it's pretty, pretty close in the steer open because I ran three steers and never once had to ask somebody to tail my steer, push my steer, kick the box down. And so it is, it's, it's a great group of guys. Um, let me ask you about your family history. This is, I asked, I asked Taylor for two minutes. I'm going to do 10 here. I've got a funny feeling and thank you very much for that. But you know, we, we did an interview on the Cowboy Channel from Salinas a while back. And I remember Amy was standing there with your mom right in front of a plaque um, that goes back two or three generations in your family. Talk about your, your family history. Your mom gets bragged about a lot when you back in the box, and deservedly so. There's no better historian, no better journalist covering professional rodeo than Kendra Santos. But go beyond that a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing to be a part of, you know. Um, I'm, I'm the, Lane and I are the fourth generation, and his little five-month girl, she'll be the fifth generation. Um, but it was like every day roping at the house, uh, you know, our great grandpa wasn't there. He'd passed away, but, but my grandpa, Dr. Frank Santos, right. he was there every day roping and my uncle was there most days roping. Um, my mom was cracking the latch and Lane and I were, you know, competitive against each other and with each other. But I mean, it was like, you're trying to, we were matching every day, you know, he's two years, two weeks older, but it felt like growing up, we were matching every day. And, and so I'd go over there and talk to my grandpa and try to figure out what I need to do to beat right, him. And right. then he'd go over there to my uncle and try to figure out what he needed to do to beat me. And uh, it's just a cool lifestyle. We all got to grow up doing it together. And I think that's, you know, even to this day, 
uh, different guys will go different places to practice before the finals and stuff. And that's awesome. I, I love going to Trevor's and I love going getting help with my tripping from Cody Lee, but I still call Lane first just because he's seen me nod my head more times than anybody else. And that's still the at the finals and at the tripping finals, that's, that's the guy I have in the box with me. Did Lane grow up impersonating people? My, the, my favorite thing to go back and watch every once in a while is that deal he did with Flint Rasmussen where he did Bob Tallman and Reno. Um, if you've never seen it on YouTube, you got to go watch it. Is that something he's always done? Since the since we were a little bitty, really? we, had, we had a fast lane roping dummy in the house, in the living room, wood floors, and so we had the styrofoam on the legs so it wouldn't scratch the wood floors, and he had a little microphone and a little box. And I would have to go turn something on the TV because it yeah. might be 15, 20 minutes before you get to run a steer. Really? And we would rodeo. We'd start at Odessa, and we would go all the way to Pendleton and then try to make the finals and then go to the finals. And before every steer, he'd have to do, do the spill. I'll be darned. And, I mean, he'd break down the situations. We'd be, we'd be at Dallas or Omaha at the tour finale, and we'd have to go 4-7 to make the finals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And he's telling the whole story. Absolutely. And, I mean, he would – it wasn't like he could just do one or two guys. He can do four or five different guys. I'll be darned. Uh, I, talent I always wished I had that I've never had. Um, last question, and I, and I promise, and I really appreciate your time, Taylor. Thank you. Um, Lovington, now Ellensburg, now Walla Walla. You, are those the last three big ropings you've been to? Those seem to be the ones that you were talking about really have kind of guaranteed you a spot at the, at the steer roping final. Yes, sir. Yeah, those are, those are good steer ropings. Um, they add good money and they pay good. Uh, kind of coming up, I guess we have Lewiston, and then uh, there's actually some guys that flew back. They're going to go to Henrietta. Of course, Pendleton. Pendleton. Um, before Pendleton, Abilene has steer open. Yeah, that's right. Um, but after Pendleton's kind of the last big hit where you see guys come from, you know, much further than 17th, 18th down. Like right. anybody that's in the top 20 or 25 kind of has a chance through Pendleton. And then after that, we trip at Stephenville, Amarillo, and Seminole. I lied. This is really the last question. Going to the Pendleton Roundup, um, single steer roping on the grass. Um, is, how much different is that for your horses, pulling the steers on the grass as opposed to the dirt? Talk about that. Yeah, uh, I've roped calves and, and team roped and tripped there. And the calf roping to me is not, not that dangerous at all. Uh, if you just treat it like you're on dirt, the healing wasn't it was my least desired of the three. It was a little scary just kind of running mock, mock 10 and then having to, having to make the corner if your man hooked it on one pretty fast. The tripping, I don't think it's that bad. Uh, we get ice nails put on them um, and try to help them out. But by the time we trip Thursday, the grass is usually beat up pretty good. And it seems like in the tripping, it actually helps having a steer on the end of it with the weight. And as long as you don't take a you know, very aggressive angle, as long as you step up, and try to keep your horse up and get a lot of lift, it doesn't seem, you know, like there's very many accidents in the steer roping. Awesome. Uh, Taylor Santos just probably locked up a trip to the national final steer roping for the third time. Uh, that's the second week in November in Mulvane, Kansas. Uh, one Walla Walla, one Ellensburg this weekend. Taylor, thanks for your time. Continued success. Yes, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Taylor Santos joining us here on the Steve Kenyon Podcast.
Taylor Santos right now number eight in the single steer roping world standings, the single steer roping finals in November at the Kansas Star Arena in Mulvane, Kansas. And appreciate Taylor's time. I've made a comment during that interview. I asked him for two minutes, and we did 15. And it was a fun 15 minutes. I hope you enjoyed having a chance to hear from Taylor Santos. Steve's top three before we wrap things up. The Pendleton Roundup is about to begin. We lived in Pendleton, Oregon for a lot of years. And the fun thing about professional rodeo Small and medium-sized communities frequently become identified by their rodeos. Maybe no greater example than Pendleton, a town of 16,000 people that will grow to 60 or 70 or 80,000 during the Pendleton Roundup. Uh, the first parade is on Saturday, September 9th. Slack starts Monday, September 11th. The Extreme Bulls finale, September 11th and 12th. The Rodeo and Happy Canyon uh, pageant will take place. The full performances, September 13th through the 16th. Time to letter buck. Um, I'll be in Pendleton uh, next uh, during the time of the Pendleton Roundup, the first few days, and have a chance hopefully to catch up with a lot of uh, ropers and riders and get some fun interviews for upcoming episodes of the Steve Kenyon podcast. News from the Dunn Ranch out of Winniewood, Oklahoma. Matt and Bendy Dunn. Matt and Bendy had a lot of horses running the barrel race at the National Finals Rodeo, but they're also very much involved in the racehorse business. I saw this on Facebook a few days ago from Bendy Dunn. A horse called Apolitical Pants, which is one of their very talented racehorses out of Rio Doso Downs, New Mexico. Retirement is nearing, and we're soaking up every win, every photo, and every moment. He is seven years old, earned his 20th win recently, over $1.8 million in career earnings. They're preparing the horse for the champion of champions in December, and then maybe after that, time to become a pony horse or somebody's pasture buddy. We will see what happens with that great horse, A Political Pants. It's the month of September, and in professional rodeo for the next 20-something days, it is probably more important for all of us to keep an eye on who's in the number 12, 13, 14, 15 spot in the world standings than it is to take a look at who's in the number one spot. The folks at the top of the world standings leader leaderboard right now know where they're going to be in December at the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, but it's time for the scramble for the folks that are on the bubble. Well, Bull rider T. Parker might have busted his bubble over the weekend. T. Parker, who entered the Ellensburg Rodeo in the number 16 spot in the PRCA's world standings, finished second at the extreme bull riding event in Ellensburg behind Stetson Wright. And then during the Ellensburg Rodeo itself, he finished just ahead of Stetson in the number one spot at the Ellensburg Rodeo. By the time it was all said and done, T. Parker had won over $29,000 and jumped from number 16 to number nine in the world standings. He's now in the number one spot in the Resist All Rookie of the Year race. Congratulations on a great weekend in Ellensburg to rising young star T. Parker. That's it for episode number six of the Steve Kenyon Podcast. I'll be at some pretty good rodeos over the next couple of weeks. Spokane, Washington, and Othello, Washington. Hope to have a chance to bump into some of you at some of those big events around the country. Thanks to our sponsors, Wrangler, Justin, Preferred, Resist All, Unbeatable Feeds, and the Grandview at Las Vegas online at dailymanagementresorts.com. We'll talk to you again next time on the Steve Kenyon Podcast. God bless everybody. I'm Steve Kenyon.